from Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bullets, and welcome back to the Transfiguration of Our Lord for the week of February 23rd, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and I'm excited that, again, we get to dig into this last Sunday that we have before we begin this Lenten journey. And what a fun text I feel like this week that we're able to dig into. I think there's a lot of things that we can end up pulling from this that end up really bringing some light into thinking about what is God trying to maybe talk about and signal a little bit with the transfiguration of our Lord. But what does it also mean for us? What does this also mean about us and thinking about us at a much different level than what we're typically accustomed to doing? And I think that's what really is fun as we dig into this this week and think about this this week is what does this all mean for us? What does this all mean for us moving forward as we think about our lives and what does it mean for us and trying to understand who God is? And then that's what makes this such a fun week. But before we jump into it, we have to look back at last week's Twitter question, which was, where do you need to continue to take a leap of faith? And I think this is a major thing with thinking about our own faith journey. When last week I used the metaphor a lot of an eagle flying and how an eagle takes time and is developing those skills to be able to learn and hop and flapping its wings and developing that to then be able to realize that now is the time for this bird to take its first leap of faith to really trust and to utilize the skills and abilities that it has. And I know that was one of the things that I had a discussion with one of our listeners this last week, talking about how this is something that we're all working on in our own lives, figuring out what are their different skills and abilities that we have, and then how do we utilize those on a week-to-week basis? How do we get to the point where we are understanding the gifts and abilities that we have, we're flapping our wings and we understand that, yes, this is the leap that I need to be taking. This is that jump of where God is leading us. And it's a hard thing. It's a challenging thing. But I would also argue this is exactly why we work together in the church. This is exactly why we need a church community. This is exactly why Our brothers and sisters in Christ are so important. They are able to help us recognize and see the abilities that each of us have. But then how do we then take that step to move forward to be able to help us grow and encourage us to be able to take that leap of faith moving forward? And I think in a way it ties decently well into this week's text in a weird way. As we are thinking about and what does this all mean with the transfiguration of our Lord? So let's jump right into it. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 17 verses 1 through 9. Jesus is taking Peter, James, and the brother John up the mountain and they see Jesus transform. He is the transfiguration. His face is shining. He's dazzling white. And suddenly with them there is Moses and Elijah. Peter makes the statement of, let's make dwellings. Let's establish and show this mighty moment, this huge moment. 
We hear them from God. This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. The disciples are overwhelmed with all this, are in fear, fall to the ground. Jesus encourages them to get up, and there's no one else there. It's just Jesus. And he says, do not talk about this until I'm raised from the dead. An interesting text, and there's a lot we can really dive into and discuss this week on this text, but we have to go through our other readings. The first reading this week is from Exodus chapter 24, verses 12 through 28. This is where the Lord is talking to Moses and is going to help him establish the Ten Commandments. So he is talking to He's talking to Joshua, his assistant. He's talking to the elders and preparing them for him going up Mount Sinai and spending time with God and the glory of God and is there, as it states here in verse 18, 40 days and 40 nights, which can be translated as an extremely long period of time. So you have the preparation of Moses here to be able to go and spend time with the Lord. What is that meaning? What is that taking on? And we have to remember at this point that Moses is leading the Israelites. So it's he's preparing the people for him to go and prepare to meet the Lord and then preparing them for what he will bring back after spending time with the Lord. The psalm this week is Psalm 2. And this is kind of understanding the power of God within a psalm and that what he then can do, but that yet he's still a loving God and that he is wanting to, spending time and understanding who this God is as we spend more time with him. The second reading this week is from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. And this is understanding the glory God is giving us and that he's wanting to convey this glory to us and that he has done this through the prophets. He has done this through various different ways. It's then us understanding that this is God and that he is moving through the Holy Spirit to talk to us, that the Holy Spirit is the person who is sitting in between us to help us understand these connection that God wants to have, this overwhelming love that he has for us. Before I talk about how does this bring faith and science together this week, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, I use them on a weekly basis to be listening to four different professors from Luther Seminary to help guide this podcast on a week-to-week basis. So if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Especially me being a non-ordained person, it's really awesome to be able to hear from seminary professors to help guide me in bringing you this podcast on a week-to-week basis. So, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. My second shameless plug that I would highly recommend is God Friended Me. If you have not checked out God Friended Me on CBS, I'd argue it's one of the best things on television. It's definitely worth a look. It shows, I feel, in a modern context, how the Holy Spirit and God can work through different people in 
a modern way. And it's really fun to be able to see that on network television. So if you haven't checked out God Friended Me, I'd highly recommend it. The power of God and who God is, is a very difficult subject to really broach. But I would also argue that the Matthew text this week also shows us a different side of God and also helps us understand our own humanity in a much different way. The argument that I will take on this is with the transfiguration of our Lord. We are seeing the power and the glory of God for a brief moment and understanding that that is what God, in this case Jesus, is going to be going to. Talking about it being raised from the dead, that this is part of his let's say, using a more scientific term, metamorphosis. The metamorphosis of him leaving his human body to be able to go to his crown and his glory with God and what that looks like. When we put this out of the church term of transfiguration and put this into the term of metamorphosis, I think we understand it a little bit better. Because we have seen metamorphic things before. The easy examples that we were recognized and taught as a child is a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. And the process of this caterpillar eating and eating and eating and at some point then going into a cocoon, which is then a new transformation, and then coming out of that cocoon as a new creature. We see this within dragonflies, that dragonfly larvae are usually within the water and are just these little different creatures that are in the water. It's really quite interesting. At some point, again, in their chrysalis type format, will bust free and have to dry their wings as they become a dragonfly. And we also see this in more aquatic settings. If you want to put it as a frog is another great example, having started as a fertilized egg, growing into a tadpole, and then growing into a frog. But the reason I feel that arguably out of those, the one we can understand the best with this story is a frog. See, we have God having laid the egg, if you want to put it that way. And that we see Jesus grow into this tadpole. But at this moment in Matthew, in this beginning of the 17th chapter, we are seeing the beginning of the transformation of this tadpole turning into a frog. He's obviously having a change in his being. For a moment, he is no longer human and is no longer constrained to human ability, and is no longer fitting into the vessel of a human being for a moment. Just like that frog, that moment that it's starting to grow legs, and now it still has abilities of a tadpole, but it's obviously starting to go through this process of losing these abilities. One of the other ones that I distinctly remember reading, and I'll attach the book down below that I ended up going through in college, was 
the book titled The Secret Life of Lobsters. And there's this phase within a lobster's life that is very brief. We're talking two weeks where a lobster can swim backwards. It has this ability as it's growing to have this ability to be able to swim backwards for a very short period of time. After that, it becomes too heavy, becomes too big, and it loses this ability as it continues to metamorphosize into becoming what we see as a lobster. We have seen this within our own lives, where there's different things that we are able to do as a young child that as we get older, we are no longer able to do as easily as well or at all. We see it within the human body as we study the human body and how there is different bones that continue to grow after we are born, thus making it easier for us to do things as a child that become more difficult as we get older. Is this a moment where we are seeing Jesus busting out of his shell? busting out of this body for a brief moment where he is growing into his holy body or that we're seeing the holy body starting to come forth, come through himself. Isn't this part of our own walk? As just like there's different abilities and skills that as we're younger that we're able to do, isn't that also what we continue to do as we go day to day? Maybe it's intellectually, maybe it's physically, maybe it's something totally different. We are constantly working on metamorphosizing or transfiguring into something new. I wonder what it is like for a moment to be the caterpillar and busting forth from the cocoon. Is that a moment that they mark in their mind as being a major moment in their life because is this not that much different than what peter is then talking about peter wanting to build these shelters where he is seeing moses and elijah two of the best and biggest prophets from the old testament right there with him of course they'd want to build dwellings of course they would want to epitomize this moment I don't think it's that much different within the human experience. Many of us, having graduated from high school or other types of education, have some type of moment that we remember that by. There's probably different moments within your professional life, within your personal life, that you can remember back to that were monumental moments that there's maybe something to immortalize them from or something that you remember them by or a reason that you keep going back to a specific place. This is the human part of this text. Is this not that much different than the Exodus reading where Moses is getting all these people prepared, not knowing what will happen, but knowing that after spending time with God, things will be different. And we know that after this, the Ten Commandments are brought forth. 
the psalm reminding us that the more time we end up spending with God, we realize how deep and powerful this whole thing is, that we are trying to spend time with the person who spends enough that he created everything, but yet wants to still spend time with us. And then Second Peter reminding us that this is still something that's continuing to go on. That God is using the Holy Spirit to try to be able to show us and guide us in these ways. These ways that transform us, metamorphic moments in our own lives. We think about this as a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And I remember as a child going out and seeing different little caterpillars or different insects of that nature and looking them up and it does what does this become what cool insect what cool moth butterfly does this become we are fascinated with the transforming of our lives what do we become here we see jesus showing what he is becoming in front of Peter, James, and John. But I think the other question to ask in this is what are we becoming? Because in this, the final statement that Jesus makes is so telling. Tell no one about this vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. He is moving towards something. This is not the end of this transformation, this transfiguration, this metamorphic process. This is not the end. This is a beginning of it. This is the caterpillar building the cocoon, and maybe we're starting to see a crack in the cocoon. This is the beginning. I think also it calls out in our own lives, where are we moving toward? What is going on within us? What is being transformed within us to move toward that? Because when we see that tadpole, we know where it is going toward. When we see these little things in the stream that we realize are going to be a damselfly, or we understand that this is going to turn into a dragonfly, That this is going to turn into a moth, a butterfly. We know where this is going. And because we know the end of the story here with Jesus, we know where he is going. The question then I think becomes for us is where are we going? What are we moving toward? Because I think that's what is so amazing and so important about this. We have the gospel text foreseeing where Jesus is going. We have where it gets cut off before the Ten Commandments and the preparation of what that means. We have Second Peter talking about this is what has happened in the past, but this is still going on today. And the psalm reminding us of what this person who does all this is like, and yet he still wants to spend time with us. Yes, it might cause us some fear, but that we should not fear like that we turn away, but we turn toward it because God wants to spend time with 
us. I think the Twitter question then this week is, what are we moving toward? What are you moving toward? Because this is also a statement of showing that we are people that should be moving toward something. And I think this can be taken both at a personal level, but also as a community level. What are we moving toward? Is the church moving toward something? Are we, as a collective group, moving toward something? Because I wonder at times if we are actually doing that. Is the church being too stagnant? And is the church moving toward something? And if the church isn't moving toward something, how well are we individually moving toward something? The old science adage that is so true is an object in motion stays in motion. An object that sits still stays still. Jesus obviously is moving toward something and is saying that, yes, Peter, this is monumental, but we don't need to totally get stuck here. We need to continue to move forward. Are we moving forward? Because when I look around us nature-wise, it continues to move forward and continues to try to strive to do the best that it possibly can. And sometimes we do a good job at helping that, and sometimes we don't. But if we're not moving towards something, what are we actually doing? And in our own faith, if we're not moving toward God, what are we actually doing? The transfiguration of our Lord, I think, helps us remind and puts this bookend on one side of where we know what we will be going in Lent. We know where this ends up. And we know that this is a moment, a glimpse of what the power of what God can do. But over these next few weeks, especially as we get into Ash Wednesday this upcoming week, what are we moving toward? I think it becomes a more pressing question in our world today. Because if we're not moving towards something, then we are either being stagnated or moving away from something. And at both of those options, I'm not moving towards something, I would argue aren't good places to be. And the reason that I say it that way is because we see in nature from caterpillars to dragonflies to frogs to our own children, we are constantly moving toward something. We can't sit still. I think in our world, in our church, in our lives, if we're not moving towards something, then what are we actually doing? And in a way, I would argue then we're not living up to what God intended us to be. People of movement. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. 